0: One, one 2 Revelation Bottom had sent two sentinels and six officers with Rain on his rescue mission. They'd run into Amelia as she was returning through the barricade. By this point, they'd spotted smoke coming from the far side of the river. Rain had been more concerned with getting to Kettle quickly, so he hadn't asked her what she'd been up to, and it had since slipped his mind. The rescue party had rushed through the city, arriving just after Maharia finished casting Froststorm. They were too late to do anything other than to check for survivors. Rain had purified the pile of dead coal lurkers out of existence, revealing several lacerated and frozen human bodies beneath it. Amelia hadn't hesitated. She darted straight to Kettle and stabilized him before moving on to the others, who, it turned out, weren't nearly as hurt as they appeared. One of them had received some concerning internal injuries, but that was it. No one had died. Now the watch was busy setting up a perimeter. Amelia said that everyone would be able to walk back under their own power, provided that they had a half hour or so to recover from the healing. She was currently discussing something with the sentinels, while Rain had just finished helping to get some fires going. Satisfied that nothing was going to pop in to surprise them, Rain nodded to the officers he'd been assisting, then made his way over to where Kettle and the other members of this so-called party were resting. It was time to figure out what the hell was wrong with their brains. Okay, does someone want to explain what you lot were doing out here? He said as he came to a stop in front of them. It was Maharia who answered, What do you think?
1: We were hunting monsters, of course.
0: You could do that from within sight of the barricades, Rain said. I don't buy it. You were looting.
1: Fine. So,
0: Maharia said defiantly, these houses are abandoned. Rain rubbed the bridge of his nose, sighing deeply. That's not the point. I'm less worried about what you were doing and more about how you were doing it. What made you think that coming out here with only six people was a good idea? And without a healer, no less. All of you could have died.
1: We didn't, though,
0: Maharia said.
1: We would have been fine without your help.
0: Maria, I don't think, Stone Shield began.
1: Let me do the talking,
0: Maharia snapped, glaring at him. You wouldn't have been fine, Rain said, nodding to Stone Shield before returning his attention to Maharia. Kettle would have died, and probably Mindy Blades as well. He turned to look at the younger woman. Amelia said your lungs are in pretty bad shape.
1: You know me?
0: Mindy Blades said, a puzzled expression on her face. I know who you are, Rain said, sweeping his gaze over them. All of you. Which is why I know that your little group wasn't up to this. Not with Six. What were you thinking? Hey, listen here, kid, said Jax. Thanks for the rescue, but we don't need a bloody lecture. Clearly you do, Rain said. What part of Don't Cross the River didn't make it through your thick skulls? As if we care what the watch says, said Jax. We aren't bootlickers like you. I notice you've got yourself a new plate. Joined him then, huh? Fucking traitor. Rain reached up to touch his custodian's plate, which hung from his neck along with the bronze one from the guild. He glanced at the pair of sentinels that were still speaking with Amelia, then back at Jacks. This just means I'm their ally. It doesn't mean I've joined them or that I'm leaving the guild. And don't change the subject. I'm still waiting for an explanation.
1: We were looking for... Ah! Oh,
0: Kettle shouted as Maria elbowed him. Looking for what? Rain asked as Kettle rubbed his ribs. Don't you dare tell him, said Maria, glaring at Kettle.
1: But he worries I. Oh, oil! Oh, stop that!
0: Ah, I see, Rain said, looking around. So that's it. Which house is Rankin's? Damn it, Kettle, said Jax. Now he's going to want a share, if he doesn't just bloody take it all. So, you already found something then? Rain raised an eyebrow. He boosted detection to the absolute limit short of aura focus, and released a pulse, checking for Tell. The extra power would be needed to punch through any arcane resistance that the others might have. The scan returned signals from everyone except Amelia and the two sentinels, which wasn't that surprising. He hadn't expected to be able to overcome a silver plate's defenses so casually. As for what he learned, the group before him did indeed have some tell on them. The quantity varied, with Kettle being particularly broke. Nobody was carrying anything like the motherload that he'd have expected, had they found Rankin's stash. Rain clicked his tongue. Nope, none of you has more than a few dozen tell. You haven't found it, and it's not within my range either. How do you- Mindy Blades began, but Rain cut her off. So you haven't found it yet, and you didn't want Kettle to spill the beans. That means you were planning on trying this again. Did you all eat a lot of paint chips as kids? Beans? Paint chips? Stone Shield said. I have no idea what the depths you're talking about. Rain sighed. My references are lost on this world. He shook his head warily. He'd stayed up too late last night, and he was starting to get one of his soul headaches. Time to get serious. Look, you know the rules about not going into a lair that's over your level, right? This is a ranked zone now, which might as well be the same thing. He reached into his pouch and removed a small metal object that looked like an old brass pocket watch. Lady Pa had finally come through, finding what he'd asked for a day ago though he still had to figure out how to pay a bag. He flicked open the depth gauge, then turned it around so the others could see the needle. Rank 11, where we're standing. Though I have no idea how accurate this thing is.
1: What's that?
0: Kettle asked.
1: A depth gauge,
0: Maria said, barely even glancing at him before she returned her focus to rain.
1: A cheap one. Okay, we're at a rank 11 zone. So what?
0: I only count one of you that's above that, Rain said, flipping the lid closed and slipping the depth gauge back into his pouch. Fuck, he can see our levels, Elmwood said, speaking for the first time.
1: No, idiot, nobody can do that without some very specialized equipment.
0: Specialized equipment? Rain pushed aside that line of questioning. He could ask someone else later. All you have to do is pay attention to details. What spells people use and so forth. I've got a good enough estimate. How? No. Why do you know so much about us? Stone Shield said. How long have you been watching us? Rain sighed. I haven't been watching you. I have a very good memory and I pay attention. But we're getting off track. Just shut up and listen, okay? He took a few steps away and ran a hand down his face, trying to decide how to proceed. After a moment, he turned, gesturing broadly. It's all about numbers. Six of you with levels less than ten. That makes your total strength sixty at best. If you want to match the monsters in a rank eleven zone with a traditional party, the score you're aiming for is eighty-eight. And that's with no margin. Sixty is less than eighty-eight. Try it, and you die.
1: That's a ridiculous oversimplification,
0: Maharia said. Yes, it is. But it gets the point across, Rain said. Believe me, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this recently. I'm planning an expedition, and it's going to work because I'm going to make sure the numbers are on our side. How's it go? At low levels, humans are stronger than monsters. And at high levels, it's the other way around. I can't prove this yet, but I'm telling you that that's a bunch of crap. The world is balanced for a party of eight. All the way through. I'd put money on it. Monsters are only stronger because people don't work together. You use shitty, all-offensive builds and expect to get somewhere. It's like everyone thinks they have to do damage or they aren't helping or some shit. Do you have any idea how insane that is? What the hell is wrong with you people? Or... Jax began an angry expression on his face, but rain ran right over him. You see this? He thumped his chest. His metal gauntlet clanging loudly against the breastplate. This armor is the kind of thing that you get when you give an awakened smith a couple of days and some rocks that you picked up in a cave. Imagine what kind of equipment would be out there if people actually became crafters. But they don't. Why? Because they know it means they'll get enslaved by the first noble that passes them in the street. That's fucking ridiculous. Did you know Havenheld doesn't even sell half the stuff that their smiths make? The good stuff goes to the nobility, gold plates, citizens, and the like. The commissions are ridiculous which shouldn't be a surprise because Havenheld is owned by the damn bank. Have you ever heard the term artificial scarcity? No, of course you haven't. Oh, that reminds me of another- Rain, Amelia said. He jumped, only now realizing that she had joined them. What's going on here? She asked. Um, Rain said. Shit, what I just said. If that gets back to the bank- He glanced at the watch. They didn't appear to be listening.
1: He's explaining it at us.
0: Ah, uh, We're idiots, Kettle said unhelpfully. I see, Amelia said. Rain sighed. His head was really pounding now. I might have gotten a little worked up. Look, Kettle, the rest of you, you're adventurers. I get it. The only people whose lives you were risking were your own. That's what adventurers do. You took a risk. "'Things went bad. It happens. Maybe you thought it was worth it. Hell, you probably still do and are just waiting for me to shut up, so you can go do it again.' Rain clenched his teeth, trying to control his voice, which had been getting louder again. It was just so frustrating, the way that everyone in the guild acted. He stared directly at Kettle. "'Did you even think about the people who care about you before you tried this stunt?' How would little Manda react if you died? The rest of your sisters? Your parents? Kettle looked down at his feet.
1: Armored adventurer.
0: Might never see him again anyway. Once I leave him, what's it matter? Rain's eyes widened, and something in him snapped. It fucking matters! Amelia grabbed his arm and pulled him back.
1: Rain, stop. Let me take it from here.
0: But, Rain cut off, stumbling as Amelia started dragging him away.
1: They get your point, Rain, and they're not going to change their opinions if you yell louder.
0: He struggled, but he might as well have tried to resist being towed by a tractor trailer. Where's she getting the leverage for this? He glanced at her feet, then blinked. How long hasn't she been wearing shoes? When he looked back up, everyone was staring at them. Damn it, he said, relaxing his arm. Just take a minute, calm down, Amelia said, releasing him. She fixed him with a commiserating smile.
1: I understand what you're feeling. You can't protect everyone, especially from themselves.
0: I know, Rain said, rubbing his eyes. Not having anything to sit on, he folded his legs and plopped down directly on the cobblestones, turning his back to the group. He brought a hand to his throat, fighting through the familiar burn of acid reflux. It and the headache always got worse when he got worked up, and his antacids were in his bag back at the compound. You're right, I got carried away. My soul is acting up and... He sighed. Excuses. I should try to meditate for a bit, not that I'll be able to. That usually helps. Amelia nodded.
1: Just a minute. I want to get something straight before I go talk to them. What were they doing out here?
0: Rain sighed, looking for Rankin's treasure hoard. I have a hunch that he's been embezzling guild funds, and I made the mistake of mentioning it to Kettle.
1: Embezzling? That means stealing or something, right? Rain nodded. Since when did you get better at common than me?
0: Amelia asked. Rain shrugged. It was in Savo's book. Lots of weird words were. Look, Amelia, I shouldn't have snapped at them. I know it was the wrong way to handle it.
1: You're not wrong, though,
0: Amelia said.
1: You're just.
0: Rain snorted. An asshole?
1: No, I wouldn't say that. I'd never say that.
0: Rain didn't respond. The silence stretched and he jumped when Amelia laid her hand on his shoulder. She was staring down at him. The same
1: sad smile back on her face. You care too much. That's the problem.
0: Rain grimaced as another flash of heartburn hit him. Then he looked away.
1: It's better than not caring enough,
0: Amelia said jostling his shoulder before taking her hand away.
1: Let me talk to them. Then we'll go and see if you are right about ranking.
0: Amelia, thank you, Rain said, looking back at her. For everything. Just, thank you. Your help means a lot. Don't be sappy, she said, turning to walk away. Rain watched her go, still wondering what had happened to her shoes. He closed his eyes, shaking his head slowly as he sat, thinking. I need to do something for her. She keeps helping me and I haven't given anything back. She's basically trapped here because of me and Tallheart. I want her to stay with us because she wants to, not because she feels like she has to. She's got no family and she's afraid of friends for the same reason that I just snapped at Kettle. I need to change that. The company is the answer. A new family for all of us. If I can make it work. He clenched his fists. I will make it work. Huh? Rain said, flipping up his visor as he surveyed the ruins of Rankin's house. That might be an issue. The house had collapsed completely and a particularly large mushroom was growing up through the remains of the roof. Whether the damage had come from a rampaging monster or merely the degradation from the toxic moss weakening the rafters, it wasn't clear. The signal he'd been following was coming from the basement, almost blinding in intensity. It wasn't shielded at all, simply buried beneath a tonne of rubble. "'Is it going
1: to be worth the time?'
0: Amelia asked. It was just the two of them, the watch having escorted the recovering adventurers back to safety despite significant protest. Yes, Rain said, checking again. Definitely yes. Well then, said Amelia, taking a broad
1: stance. There are two ways we can do this, the fast way or the annoying slow way. Hang on, Rain said.
0: Is the fast way going to be destroying the house?
1: The house is already destroyed,
0: Amelia said. Well, yeah, but I don't want to damage any evidence if it's there. I'm not going to steal all of Rankin's retirement money, if he came by it legitimately. I need to find something incriminating, like a logbook.
1: You really think he'd keep a record of all the money he stole?
0: Amelia asked skeptically. Well, no, Ring said, scratching his head. Maybe I want to look, though. Just in case. The backup plan is to have someone from the watch do their lie detector thing when we confront Rankin with the tell. Amelia sighed.
1: Look, Rain, you need money, right? For supplies and equipment for your company.
0: Yes, but. But what? Amelia said.
1: How much money is down there? If it's thousands of tell, I might believe he earned it, but tens of thousands? Hundreds of thousands?
0: I can't tell, Rain said. There's too many signals, too close together. If I boost the power to resolve them, it gets overwhelming. Hundreds of thousands? No way.
1: A lot, then,
0: Amelia said.
1: Let's dig it up and see, then decide whether to tell anyone about it.
0: We're telling the guild one way or another, Rain said. He was prepared for this argument. I checked with Gus, by the way. He said that anyone who steals from the guild gets their ass kicked out, and that anyone who turns them in gets to keep a fifth of what was stolen. Yes, we could just not tell them and keep it all, but as much as I need money, I need goodwill more. If this whole company thing is going to work, I can't put myself against the guild. Besides, it's not like it's a secret what we're doing out here. It would come back to bite us. Hmm, Amelia said.
1: There is that. Okay, fine. We turn it in. I hope you're not planning on splitting the remaining fifth with the idiots, though.
0: Of course not, Rain said.
1: That would just be rewarding
0: bad behavior. They're gonna be pissed. They can deal with it. Still, I should probably give them something. Hmm. Perhaps I'll just give everyone something. That could work. Amelia grinned.
1: Ha! I recognize that calculating look. Looks like there's a bit of adventure in there after all.
0: Rain grinned back. I'd like to use most of it for the company, if that's okay with you. Of course, I couldn't have gotten out here easily on my own, so if you want your own share, we could do 50-50 or something.
1: That's fine. I don't need a share,
0: Amelia said. You sure? Rain asked. I know you're a silver plate which means you're loaded, but what if it's a lot? Like, a lot, a lot. Amelia shrugged.
1: Let's just see then. Is there anything on the ground floor?
0: Rain shook his head. Just a few tell over in that corner there, he pointed.
1: Just in case, are there any humans within a hundred stride?
0: Rain checked. No. Monsters, yes, some even in the house, but no humans or animals not even rats, Amelia nodded.
1: Good, I didn't sense anyone either, but it always pays to double check. Stand back a bit, I'm going to open up the basement.
0: Wait, you're gonna do what now? Rain asked. Just watch, Amelia said. A tremor ran through the earth, and Rain would have blamed it on the watch's ongoing construction of their citadel, but for the perfect timing. He stared at Amelia's bare feet, the implication finally clicking in his mind. Rooted? That's earth magic. Since when does she have earth magic? Amelia walked up to the house. After a brief chant in some unknown language, she dropped to one knee and pressed both of her hands to the cobblestones. The earth shook, then bubbled as an enormous wall of mud squeezed its way up through the cobblestones without damaging them mud wall like ice wall was a conjured spell meaning that the mud wasn't real merely structured manner. taller and taller the wall grew not stopping until it overtopped Rankin's house completely blocking it from view amelia stood dusting off her hands as she spoke another chant more of an invocation really as it was only four syllables She tapped the wall with a finger and the mud flashed to stone with a noise like the slamming of the door to a crypt. Rain barely had time to react to this before Amelia planted her feet and punched forward, rotating her torso as she struck the wall with her palm. Kia! It wasn't clear if this was another use of chanting or just a shout of exertion. Rather than shattering the wall, Amelia's strike launched the entire thing forward as one piece, almost faster than rain could follow. It shaved Rankin's house from the ground like an enormous razor, stopping instantly the moment it reached the street on the far side. From the continuing sounds of exploding wood, house shrapnel was doing some significant damage to the next street over. The system also presented rain with a smattering of dings, informing him that more than a few monsters had met their end. Holy shit, he reeled, his mind scrambling to catalog what he'd just seen. Geo Evocation Tier 1 mud wall. Tier 0 Rock Push, Earth Manipulation, Tier 2 Stone Set, Rooted. Force Metamagic, Tier 1 Expanded Force. Evocation Metamagic, Tier 0, Chanting. Amelia was still going, he realized tidying up the hole's ragged edges, stabilizing the walls and creating a ramp leading down. She was gesturing with her hands like a conductor as she did this, the earth flowing like water. Earth manipulation, tier one earth molding. Evocation metamagic, tier one, somatic manipulation. Rain kept staring as Amelia formed the ramp into earthen stairs, then flashed them to stone. Prerequisites? Rock pull, liquefaction, earth affinity, force mastery, guide sending. Rain flinched as the conjured wall of stone exploded without warning. Far too late, he covered his face with his arms. Fortunately, nothing struck him. After a few seconds, he peeked, then lowered his arms completely. Not a single shard remained where the wall had been. With it gone, he could see the remains of Rankin's house strewn across the neighboring street. The building on the other side looked like it had been nailed by an explosive shell from a howitzer. There, Amelia said, cleaning the dirt from her clothes with a puff of Purify.
1: Send me some mana, please. I'm low.
0: Rain stared at the devastation. That doesn't make any sense. Mudwall should have lasted for at least I don't know. She's using so much meta magic that I can't tell. Did it shatter because of she used Stone Set? No. That would have made it last longer, if not made it completely permanent. I don't know how those two spells interact. Did she break it on purpose? Rock Bomb? No, why bother? Construct Reclamation? It had to be. That's Arcane Utility Tier 2. Holy, how many skills does she have? Why have I never seen her use Earth Magic before? Um, Rain, hello? Numbly, Rain pivoted his head to look at her. He activated Essence Well, watching as the blue rings formed. Only then did he realize that his mouth was open. He closed it with a click. Amelia winked at him, smiling. How, um, how much mana did that take? Rain asked. I mean, I could have burned the house down with Immolate or something, but that...
1: That was...
0: Amelia shrugged.
1: Not that much. I was low from earlier. This is child's play compared to what I did to the river.
0: The river? Rain spluttered. What did you do to the river? You've got water magic too? Amelia laughed.
1: No, just more earth magic. Intrusion.
0: She grinned. Intrusion? Is that hidden? I've never heard of it. Amelia looked slightly disappointed. She clearly hadn't gotten the reaction she'd expected.
1: No, not hidden. It is tier four, though, and it's mostly for breaking things like city walls or smashing tunnels shut. It's siege magic. I got a little impatient.
0: She gestured to the basement.
1: Doing the river this way would have taken all
0: morning. Doing what to the river? Rain said. Then he froze. Hold the fucking phone. Did she say tier four? That's a hundred thousand experience just to unlock. Amelia shrugged.
1: You want to go east? But the river was in the way. I moved it.
0: You moved the... Never mind. Of course he did. Rain pulled off his helmet, then ran a hand through his hair. What level is she... I know she's silver, but I was pretty sure she was on this side of 30. Fuck it, I'll ask. Uh, Amelia? Yes, Rain. That was at least 15 different skills you used right there, if I count the prerequisites. I've never seen you use a single one of them before. You've also got Purify, Amplify Aura, Extend Aura, and Aura Focus, so that's 19. Firebolt, Lunar Orb, Attract the prerequisites for a tract, whatever those are. Healing word, tissue scan, message, redirections shrouded by flame, concussive blows, probably intrinsic.
1: I'll just stop you right there,
0: Amelia cut in, raising her hand.
1: I knew you'd be the first to notice. It's not something I really want known, but not using it defeats the point, so...
0: She shook her head.
1: My class lets me swap out skills. For the next few
0: seconds, Rain's mouth moved like that of a fish, suffocating on dry land.
1: What? A
0: few hours later, Rain was back inside the safety of the barricades, leading a small group behind him as he walked excitedly toward his destination. His wariness forgotten, he was wearing his full outfit. Helmet included, dark cloak billowing behind him from his haste. As if the revelation about Amelia's class hadn't been amazing enough, the potential for testing builds was simply ridiculous. Another astonishing discovery had been waiting in Rankin's basement. Below a barrel, they'd found the remains of a carpet, covering a decaying wooden trapdoor. Beneath that, there was an iron box. Inside the box, 53,000 tell. That wasn't even the best part. The best part was the paper trail. There'd been a ledger after all, three of them, in fact. The ledgers weren't there because Rankin was stupid. On the contrary, Rankin was actually smart. The ledgers were necessary for his plan to work. They would also be his undoing. Ready? Rain asked. Slowing down to look over his shoulder. Amelia, Gus, and Bartom nodded back to him. Bartom's escort, a watch sentinel from Jara, by the name of Beryl, trailed behind them at a discreet distance. Rain smiled and resumed his rapid pace. This was gonna be good. The new guild, such as it was, amounted to a cordoned-off area that looked like nothing so much as outdoor seating at a restaurant without the actual restaurant. It had recently annexed Kurt's bar area and there were plenty of unawakened inside, though they were keeping a healthy distance from the raucous guilders. Because of the ongoing political snit between the Watch and the DKE, no more refugees were being allowed through the teleporter at the moment. The issue was close to a resolution. Rain understood, but for today at least, The remaining adventurers were stuck here with nothing to do but wait. There weren't any quests to be had, and not being dynamos, they couldn't just spend mana endlessly, which put a limit on monster hunting. According to Gus, Rankin was still trying to act as the leader of the local guild. Basically, he was trying to play king, while all the other adventurers wanted to do was play cards. It was going about as well as you'd expect. While Rankin was still nominally in charge, his authority had been based on Velika's support. With her gone, his claim was dubious at best, though no one had challenged it. Until now. Barely anyone had looked up at their arrival, but that changed when Rain hopped up on a chair next to an unoccupied table and shouted at the top of his lungs, Rankin, I'm calling you out! His companions didn't even bat an eye at this. He told them what the phrase meant. Briefly, without getting bogged down by trying to explain the nuance. Amelia had rolled her eyes at his insistence on using the foreign idiom. But damn it, he was going to have this. Rain? Rankin's angry voice floated over the dying clamour of the crowd. Rain grinned like a Cheshire cat beneath his helmet as he spotted the man heading angrily in his direction. There you are, Rankin, Rain said, hopping off the chair. I've been looking for you. Horse shit, Rankin said, shoving a finger rudely in his face. You've been avoiding me. Rain ignored the finger, safely protected by his visor. Yes, I was, because frankly, I don't like you. But I've got business with you now, so here I am. "'What business?' Rankin said, glancing at Bartom. "'What's the watch doing here? And what's that around your neck?' "'I'm a custodian now,' Rain said, gesturing to the iron plate. "'You really should pay more attention. Don't worry, I'm not quitting the guild or anything. Sentinel Bartom is just here as a favour to me. This is a guild matter.' "'What's this about?' Rankin said, narrowing his eyes. Rain smirked, then threw back his cloak to reveal the jute sack that he was carrying. 53,000 tell was a lot, weighing something like four kilograms and taking up more than a liter of space. He hadn't even been able to count it until he returned to the city, not having a scale, and he still needed to formalize his conversion factors for the mass and volume units Either way, sticking a bare hand into the sack felt better than doing the same with the bag of rice. It was almost on par with lentils, but not quite. The sense of weight was there, but the shape was slightly irregular, detracting from the experience. Putting lentils out of his mind, Rain glanced at Amelia. She nodded, signaling that she was ready. She took a second to survey the watching crowd, then adopted his best loom and pivoted his helmet melodramatically to stare directly at Rankin. It's about how you've been overcharging everyone who's posted a quest at the guild for at least the past three years. There was a murmur at this, which quickly exploded into a roar as Rain upended the sack on the table, Tell poured out onto the wood-like grain from a ruptured silo. Before things could devolve into chaos, Amelia stomped her foot. A ripple spread through the earth from the impact, rattling tables and sending drinks crashing to the ground.
1: Silence!
0: she roared, so loudly that rain flinched. They'd been prepared for this reaction, of course. It was all part of the fun.
1: Was it necessary to do things like this?
0: Not really. Was it satisfying? Hell yes. Rain turned back to Rankin, who had turned as pale as a sheet. He looked like he wanted to run. Amelia would stop him if he did. Not that there was anywhere to go. Rain grinned. Go ahead, deny it. He reached into his bag, then tossed a ledger onto the table next to the pile of tell. It's this year's quest, ledger, Gus said, stepping forward. The real quest ledger, the one that we were using in the guild hall, was a fake. As he spoke, he drew said ledger from his own bag and held it up for the crowd to see. Rankin's been fooling us all. He had two past year's ledgers as well, but I don't have the copies from the guild hall, so I can't check them. He placed the fake ledger neatly next to the real one, brushing aside a few errant tell, then took a step back. The proof is all there, Rain said, pointing at the pair of identical-looking books. Whenever the guild accepts a quest from a poster, it gets assigned an identification number and written down in the quest ledger, including the size of the reward. When you turn in a quest, that identification number gets written under your plate number in one of the log ledgers, which are a different thing. He raised his hands. You all know this already and I'm sure you're wondering what this has to do with how he stole all that money. Don't worry, I'm getting to it. Gus? Gus nodded. The contents of both the quest ledger and all the log ledgers get sent to the main branch during the weekly pull. That's how you get credit for the quests you've done, and how headquarters knows how much they need to collect from each branch. Those dues are one tell for every ten that gets paid out as a reward. The fee gets charged to the poster, not the one who completes the task. So most adventurers don't care, just us clerks. Rain nodded along. To do. Find out how the guild managed to get Git running across the entire planet without anything, even approaching the internet. It violates the supposed magical distance limit. Magistral tech? Gus cleared his throat, continuing. Every week before the pull, Rankin would transfer everything that we clerks had written in the fake quest ledger to the real one, decreasing the listed reward for each quest when he did. This decreases the amount of money that the main branch expects us to send them. Rain surveyed the crowd, unsurprised by the numerous blank looks. He'd already been through this once with Amelia and Gus, and he'd expected this reaction based on how that conversation had gone. It was time for the practical example. Say you take a quest that has a reward of 100 tell, he said. If things are working normally, you do the quest. It gets recorded in the log ledger, and you get your 100 tell. Great, you're happy. How about the quest poster? The clerk informs them, that the guild was going to charge ten tel for facilitating their request. The poster gives the clerk one hundred and ten tel without complaint, and the quest gets recorded in the quest ledger. One hundred tel goes into the guild's strongbox to pay out the reward once the quest is done, and the other ten gets deposited in the guild's account at the bank at the end of the month, along with all of the other dues that the clerks have collected. The main branch is happy with this. They know how much they should have gotten from each branch based on the contents of the central quest ledger. More blank looks. Rain sighed. One more, just to summarize. The poster pays 110, the adventurer gets 100, and the guild gets the rest. Nice and simple. Everybody is happy. He raised a finger. Now, what happens if the quest ledger in the guild is a fake? He waited a beat, half expecting someone to raise their hand. No one did. Somewhat disappointingly, so he pressed on. I'll tell you. The quest gets written down as having a reward of 100 tell. Just like before. Rankin, though, has the real ledger. He writes down 90. Now, all of a sudden the headquarters only expects to get nine tell from this branch, not ten. Where does the extra tell go? Rain didn't wait for an answer this time. He raised his arm, pointing directly at Rankin without looking at him, as he addressed the crowd. And there you have it. Oh, and I'm pretty sure he's been dipping into the maintenance budget too, but I can't prove that one. Doesn't matter. That was a surprisingly sophisticated plan. Given how much everyone in this world sucks at maths, I'm actually a little impressed. You can't prove anything, Rankin shouted. He was positively livid with rage now that he'd gotten over his shock. Just because someone was messing with the ledgers, it doesn't mean it was me. Was it you? Rain asked. Rankin glanced at Bartim, then clamped his lips shut. Silence is an admission of guilt, Bartim said. Answer the question. I don't answer to the watch, Rankin snapped.
1: Answer the fucking
0: question, someone shouted from the crowd. Rankin turned, searching for support and finding none. He hesitated, looking back at Bartim. Amelia cleared her throat, raising an eyebrow. "Well." No, it wasn't me, Rankin spat. Lie, Bartim said. I concur, said Sentinel Beryl. Rain had almost forgotten he was there. Rain cleared his throat, cutting off the growing murmurs of confusion and, increasingly, anger. He gestured at the pile of tell. As this was stolen from the guild, most of it is going back to the guild as per the rule. As for the rest of it, I'm giving every gilder left in the city 100 tell. Rain grinned at the reaction this caused. Pinning down an exact exchange rate was hard, but 100 tell worked out to something like $3,000. Not a bad bonus. There were 33 adventurers left in the city. Even after giving away 100 tell to each of them, that would still leave him filthy rich. Even if it hadn't, as he'd told Amelia, he needed goodwill more than cash. He'd figure out the rest of the details with Kurt, who he expected would end up in charge once this was over.
1: Fuck you!
0: Rankin screamed. He launched a fist at Rain, but Amelia caught his arm restraining him easily. Rain shook his head, reminding himself that he didn't need to feel sympathy for every arsehole in the world. Finally, he snorted, speaking to Rankin as the furious man continued struggling to reach him. And you would have gotten away with it too, if it weren't for us meddling kids.